pandemonium reigns. Volunteers hosted the UTSA Roadrunners meet, meet, on Saturday in Knoxville, Tennessee, in Neyland Stadium, and got right in the get right game. Final volunteers 45, Roadrunners 14. I'll summarize it this way. A lot of good came out of that game. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially as long as uh, Joe is okay from that that weird hit that he takes in the end of the first half. And as long as Jalen Wright's okay, which I'm sure he was, um, honestly didn't look like a lot was there. But it looked like he, he had some stars probably going when he looked up after after picking himself up there. So as long as those guys are okay, Nothing really to complain about here. Um, I, d- I did just find one complaint, but I'll save it for in just a minute. Uh, but, yeah, Tennessee mostly got right, um, I think, the, especially the the offense in the first half. They really weren't messing around all that much in the first half. Um, it, it's obviously a lot of momentum when you go 80 yards on play number one. That's – can't argue the the momentum that Tennessee gained on that play, um, and you love to see it if you're if you're one of us. Yeah, I do think that you can have plays in a season that can really impact the rest of the season. I'm hoping that that 81-yard rushing score by Joe is is what sends us in a very upward trajectory very fast. I have one complaint that I can really think of, one strong complaint at least, is as you mentioned, Joe gets banged up at the end of the first half and resumes play on the field to open the third quarter with a 31-14 lead. I'm not going to understand that. The game was not as close as the scoreboard indicated. I felt that we were very much in control. I don't know why that was necessary. Going forward, you're going to need more time for Nico just in case this does actually end up happening with Joe if he does end up going down. I do think he is a little prone to injury, right? Yeah. Uh, but with that said, that's really my only complaint. Um, I do want to stay on the Joe Milton conversation just for a moment, though, and not necessarily recant my words from the previous episode, but bring more clarity to it. I think Joe is the quarterback for the 2023 season. I don't think that is up for negotiation, nor do I think it needs to be up for negotiation. So the people who are on the uh, bench Joe, put Nico in train, I think need to take a chill pill. Uh, way too premature for that. Uh, I stick by my guns. <clears throat> I don't think Joe has got it between the years. And here's where I think it's evident. Joe flexes a lot of talent, right? I mean, some of those balls that he threw, uh, matter of fact, people are, are out to get him for that Chaz Nimrod overthrow. Uh, I think Chaz Nimrod could have put a little bit more of a, a greater effort uh, those are, I wouldn't call that an overthrow. Uh, if you're going to do that to Joe, you need to do that to Hendon Hooker on that drive going, uh, at the, was at the end of the first half against Florida where, where Ramel Keaton has to lay out for it. I mean, same ball, same ball. Okay. Basically. Yeah. 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 So, but here's where, here's why, here's where I will criticize Joe. The offense doesn't operate on all cylinders under Joe. And it shows when he constantly has to say, whoa, 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 you know, let's get the right play in or whatever. We didn't really see Hendon do all that. I mean, yes, he did it inevitably. It's it's, it's, it's going to happen. 
but not to the level that we're seeing it with Joe against some of the competition we're seeing Joe do it against. I think Joe is the guy. He's got all the skill sets. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns right now. He's got one pick. The pick was really bad. I am okay with the argument that he was getting hit as he's thrown in that in that Florida game on that pick. I'll accept that argument. I don't know that I buy it, but I'll accept it. Nonetheless, I don't think that Joe can operate this offense at its highest potential level. A lot of good came out of Saturday, but that's where I'm a, um, a critic against Joe. Yeah. A uh, couple things. I, I don't think Joe can operate at its highest level with this offensive line. That's I'll, I'll give that's him a that. really fair point. But but I'm with you. It, it's disturbing to me that we just don't see a ton of chemistry. Okay, here's what I mean. We we see the horizontal pass game for days and days and days. We see you know about a shot or two per game. You had the one to brew against against Florida. You had the touchdown to Ramel, you had the pass down the sideline to Squirrel where it was a, you know, arguably a pick play. And then you see some things like, like the touchdown to Ramel in this game, but think about the, the, and obviously they're special players. I, this is where it's unfair, but think about the chemistry that, that Hinden had with Cedric. Think about the, the chemistry that picked right up when Cedric went down, what he had, the connection he had with Hyatt all season yes. long, or really maybe if you want to say starting the LSU game, the, the, the chemistry that he had with him from that point on, it's not there, and Joe has thrown with these guys for a long time. Uh, but again, the only waiver that I'm willing to give him right there is this offensive line is just not playing well. Um, I'll stand by my my point that I made, you know, previewing this game is that we'll see if it improves when Cooper's back. If Cooper gets back, is Cooper still on the team? Like, where's Cooper? We'll see. We'll see where it's at at that time. But it, it's not there right now. Um, you know, the one to Nimrod, if I'm not mistaken. It was it was getting a little hectic in that pocket. He might have even stepped up into it and had threw a great ball. Yeah, he threw a great ball for the for the scenario that it was. Yeah. But that's that's what's most disturbing to me with how long all these guys have been in the offense. That's fair. I think you make a great point against the potential of our offensive yeah. line. They're they're not as good. I mean, obviously, uh, Hendon had Darnell Wright. Hendon was playing with Cooper Mays. Uh, Joe's playing with neither one of those guys. And I mean, the offensive line is decent, but you can office uh, this offense will mask a uh, deficient offensive line if you run the tempo. Yeah. But we're not running the tempo. I mean, nope. we we do, but for whatever reason, it's it's slowing down and halting uh, under under Joe. And I I don't I don't know why. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that I know the reason why. All I know is it's not happening. Yep. And I'm afraid that we get into a shootout with a South Carolina, and that's a shootout we could potentially lose, especially if we don't run tempo. I don't yep. necessarily like our offense if we don't run tempo because, uh, as you're saying, with the offensive line, it's not a good offensive line. It's not a it's not a good offensive line. But if you're in tempo, you can mask it. Exactly, um, and I can't wait to preview later this week the the Tennessee South Carolina game because I've got questions about the tempo level in year one of the of this era and offense versus mm-hmm. year two versus I don't even know if I want to say versus year three I think I just want to say versus no Cooper Mays because it's just I think it's proving that he is the perfect like leader of your offensive line 
in this offense. I think he absolves so many of these issues that we have right now. And I'm not even talking about just from protection or from a running the ball perspective. I'm talking about tempo and getting the offensive line set. He is dang good at it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, let's, let's be fair here as well. Ollie Lane never snapped the ball before this season. You know, oh, for sure. I, don't even, I don't even know what his ceiling is at, at if he's playing left guard, which is, I think, where he was more projected if Cooper had been healthy. But, uh, you know, I want to be fair to, to Ollie Lane and, and be fair to, you know, where the offensive line recruiting has been before this era started, you know, because that's really what we're running into. It's not, it's, it's, it's not just one person or one area that is for the reason I think that Tennessee's in this position, but it's, it's obviously showing its ugly head. And that, and that's, un, and that's unfortunate because we had a lot of faith, a lot of trust in that unit, especially from last year. Yeah. And maybe the, the, the offense not firing on all cylinders, cylinders and running tempo is way more Cooper than it is Joe. Maybe. But the only way we're going to find out is if Cooper returns. But at, I mean, does, is he even, does he even exist anymore? Is he a real person? You know, if I hadn't seen him on the sideline Saturday, uh, I wouldn't have thought so because it's, this is crazy, man. I mean, and I understand that he, that he was cut on. I understand that it was a hernia, but boy, I don't like anyone in, in media for Tennessee or I don't like Hopple's comments on this. I don't like anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand it if he's not able to go and I don't want him to hurt himself anymore because he don't need that. And, and football is already going to take such a toll on your life, but right. I'm not a fan of, of any one bit of, of this whole saga right now. And, and I just, you know, I don't know where exactly to point the finger, but it's probably most on those that said, Oh, we'll see if he can go. We'll see you know how, where he's at. He's a game time decision. That's probably where I have the, the biggest issue because it's been clear or it's got to be clear at this point if he's if he's not been in there as, as tough as he is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who knows? And that's I guess that's my one complaint that I have with well, one of two complaints that I really have with with Josh Heupel is overall his management of quarterbacks. You know, I mean, he was. I mean, if Joe doesn't get hurt in twenty one, what happens to Hendon Hooker? Yeah, and this um, you just don't. I mean, nothing. Nothing on Christian Charles. Nothing. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't exist. Yeah. So um, just the the coach speak in that regard. Okay. I mean, tell us. Like, and don't say the words, you know, so so that way he can be 100% by Florida. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, my other complaint that I was going to mention for this game, and, and I'm already – kind of backing off of this just a little bit because he was really quick getting the ball out. Um, but it's it's with the backup quarterback coming in for UTSA. Or it's okay, this is twofold. We we saw Joe come back in the game when we were up 31-nothing. Not, you know, it was 31-nothing. That injury happened in the first half. Put Nico in, man. If you win the game close because you're not doing much offensively, do that. But, you know, we didn't, and that's one thing. And Joe really struggled for like a full quarter after that hit that he took. Like he was he was pretty good, pretty good, and then he misses like seven of eight or nine of ten or or even more before mm-hmm. he starts kind of clicking a little bit again. Yeah, uh, not happy about that at all. Um, yeah. I mean, seriously, like if he takes another hit to that knee and it puts him out for a month or the rest of the season, what are we doing? You know, what what right. are we doing? Right. And then you know Owen McCown, which is crazy. You know, seeing some of these some of these players that we grew up watching have kids in college. 
uh, looking at the Sanders family, looking at the McCown family, you know, all those guys. It's really happened in baseball a lot. Uh, he comes in and he goes 18 of 20, which, again, we didn't prep for him. He's obviously got a pretty great understanding of the game and, and high IQ, but he goes 18 of 20. His one incompletion was an interception, uh, which is okay, but he was super, super clean in the short game, and, and perhaps we're just giving them all that short stuff, all the short stuff they want. I'm not really in the benefit of the doubt mood with our with our secondary, but whatever. you know. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is if we try to do that with South Carolina, that'll cause major run-after-the-catch problems for us. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I love that you mentioned that little 0 for 8 span that Joe went through. You do that against South Carolina, and you could be staring you at could- a loss. And you could be looking at it like a like a fourteen or a twenty one point run for South Carolina to zero, to be clear. For sure, for sure, absolutely. All right, well, that's enough on Joe. Let's talk about the yeah. running game a little bit, uh, or I guess just the rest of the offense in general. Yeah, don't want to get bogged down in this game. Uh, Dylan Sampson had a day. Uh, was electric with the ball in his hands. You mentioned the uh, Jalen Wright. Seeing stars, uh, four for 16. Jabari Small, I thought, ran well. Nine for 61, had a long of 40 that ended up uh, resulting in a score. But in the rushing department, it was obviously uh, Dylan Sampson's day, which has brought clarity to his cheetah post on his Instagram account. Again, yeah. this is where Vol Nation just needs to chill the heck out. He basically laughed at it. And he's like, that's my favorite animal. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Cameron Seldon had a bonehead move of a play resulting in a turnover, like just leave the ball alone. Um, I wanted to touch a bit on the receiving core. Uh, Just two things, Um, you know, well, a couple things. Blue saw early action, didn't see late action, which was great because it gave some snaps to Caleb Webb. I don't understand our rotation process. Not for receivers. I'm talking about for anybody. Yeah, I, I don't get it for any position group, uh, but it was good for Caleb Webb. It, it, Caleb Webb ended up getting a score out of that. Uh, Dante Thornton is obviously not who we thought he was. Nope. Um, I regret picking him up in that little fantasy draft that we did. Uh, Ramel yeah. Keaton got a score, one for forty-eight and a and a and a touchdown. Squirrel White, Joe likes Squirrel. I think it's obvious. Yes, he does. I think that's obvious. Um, yeah, well, I mean. Uh, pretty good stuff on uh, the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I mean, you put up forty-five. Yeah, and and let's you know. Whereas we complained about twofold, uh, you know, catching ball placement, those two things against Austin P. We didn't really see those issues. In fact, we didn't see many issues, honestly, offensively. Uh, honestly, you know, minor things with the offensive line in this case, or minor accuracy and touch things from Joe until until he took that shot. Um, and again, it was ugly. I mean, he, I thought he was done there for a minute when he was laying on the ground. Um, but yeah, Thornton, not who we thought he was. And that's really unfortunate because he, I think he, like Joe has worlds of potential worlds of speed. He's, he's, and he's got that and he's not a small guy. So it's really unfortunate, uh, because he could be a, he could be a go up and get it guy. He should be a fierce run after the catch guy. And he's just, he's not that right now. I don't know if this means perhaps that we could get a second year of him or, you know, if he, I mean, he's not going pro right now. So what I'm saying is, is, is he going to stay around and, and really buy in because it looks like that might be what he needs to do. Um, and then again, you know, I liked, we text about this during the game, but I liked the aggression from some of the guys after the catch squirrel, 
Yeah. Brew, you always love what he does after the catch. Just give the ball to the guy. He's so fierce with it. But Squirrel and Brew, really some props to them after the catch, doing some nice things. And, again, not the issues that we saw against Austin P. whatever they were in that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure. Uh, just on, on Dante Thor- Thornton before we move on is, uh, I mean, he had a really crucial drop. You're like, wait a second, 45-14 win. Well, his drops or his drop ends up in a in a three and out for Nico when Nico really could have used those used those snaps. And exactly. I mean, the, it was a looked like it was a hitch or a curl of some sorts. Anyway, put right in his numbers, puts the ball on the ground. Uh, going forward with this stretch that we're about to hit, South Carolina, A and M, Alabama, you better catch that ball. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Um, defensively. I thought our front played exceptionally well, especially with guys like Amari Thomas. Um, I think Norman Lott has been a great addition in the transfer portal. We're seeing the effects of him, which, speaking of off, go back to offensive line for a second, we better be hitting that thing hard. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, for offensive linemen next go around. Uh, but anyway, uh, I thought our front played well. Tyler Barron is having a good year. Yes, he is. Um, I like what's what we're getting out of him. Uh, again, already mentioned Mari Thomas and Aaron Beasley just kind of continues to be that dude. With with that said, Arian Carter, I thought looked a little bit lost at times. Yeah, uh, it, it looks like he might really be swimming in the deep end, really struggling to to move out there sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, I wonder what some of the some of the negative plays that he was in on. Uh, in the swamp last week, I wonder what kind of toll they take mentally versus the the progress that he might have been making before that. Worry about some of that stuff, um, you know. But I'm certainly glad to have him. We're going to need more guys like him. But yeah, he's he's struggling a little bit more than you, we thought we might see from the things we heard coming in camp. Um, also, want to just highlight because I think we're starting to see where if you if you listen really closely, you heard that Jackson Ross might be a weapon. Yeah, special teams game, and he kind of was that Saturday. Yeah, he had a good um, Saturday. Yeah, you're not going to – there's not going to be many returns against him unless he really just goes back to some of those issues or making mistakes. We've not, you know, we've seen him kick the ball short out of bounds. We've seen him do some other things really wonky, but he had six punts on Saturday, three downed inside the 20, um, and he, he just gives so much time for the coverage unit to get down the field in, in the, the crazy style that he has. So I, you know, I really like to see that come along. Mm-hmm. Especially in times when our offense isn't what it has been at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, other than that, I'm totally agreeing with what you're saying. That was a really unfortunate drop by by Thornton on Nico's drive. Could have, I mean, it would have been really close to a first down and us moving the ball and getting to see Nico. Um, and then a really unfortunate move, like you said, from from uh from Selden on special teams there. And boy, we gotta just we gotta dive into the portal this year. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, sorry, I threw a lot of content right there. Let me, no, you're good. Let me, I'll keep this next one simple. Let's talk about Jeremiah T. Lander for a second. And that garbage booty, what was it? Um, what what was the flag against him? It was so dumb. It was a it late ex- hit. It extended a drive for them, did it not? Unnecessary roughness or some crap. It looks like he was getting himself out of a, of, of a situation is what it looked like, not like stirring something up. Officiating has been like I also text you this. Officiating is really killing my deep love for the sport. Not in Tennessee games, in every game. Uh, you had you had Nico getting his face twisted around, clear yeah. face mask, ref looking right at it. Not that it matters in a forty five fourteen game, but again, 
all things that are killing drives that he could be in on. There were several other moments, uh, you know, across the sport, like there are every week, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're just overthinking everything. Maybe they made changes. Maybe there were changes to how they want certain things to be called, and they're way in over their head trying to make those decisions right now. That's possible, but there's some calls that you just make. Yeah. So, so uh, I want to reference the Bama game for a second. Browns are over at the house. Uh, there is a clear hold on the left tackle, and the ref is standing right in front of him. Hey, there's holding on every play, but that was a very impactful hold. That was an impactful face mask, face mask in my mind. Maybe not on the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. but for again that like the future of Nico. And there's some like you don't he it wasn't a gentle face mask. He didn't know like, he turned the thing around. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, so two calls right there that 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 bothered me. On the topic of officiating and flags. Coming back to Ollie Lane for a second, like that's a you're, that's your second snap infraction, dude. Yeah. Uh, so is he just the best option? I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to come back and just kind of be all over the place. But we've got to clean up pre-snap penalties going into this SEC stretch. Yes, we, I mean we absolutely have to. And you know, again, not to go too far back down that rabbit hole, but the other guys. I mean, I'm even struggling to remember their names right now, but they're not ready which is just hard to believe with the drop-off that we have to Ollie Lane that, you know, whether it's – I don't I, again, I can't even tell you who it's supposed to be playing center behind him, but that's how I mean, much – Preseason, we thought it was going to be like an Addison Nichols. Addison Nichols, there it is. That You know, he's not ready yet somehow to, to do this, and I think that's where a lot is put on our center more than just snapping the ball. It's setting the tempo. It's maybe having the other guys – know what hey why is joe stopping all these snaps i think it's largely to do with the offensive line knowing what's going on so we've got to get better there we've got to develop so much more depth there and again i think we need to live in the portal with how maybe whatever we bring in from high school bring in that many from the portal and and you better hope that it's better in 2024 it's going to be a problem you got to create competition for that group we we, yeah yeah. Uh, 24 is going to be a real problem with that position group unless you know unless Nico can run the tempo when we can get going. I mean, yeah. again, uh, I don't want to be the dead horse there, but um, well, again, used a get right game to, to, to get right. Right. All is, all is not lost. The, the sky is not falling. The world is not on fire. Uh, everything is not hellfire and brimstone coming out of Knoxville. Joe Milton listeners is not Hendon hooker. He's not. But at the same time, you don't need to bench the guy. Exactly. It's just out outlandish. But, you know, I've got positive feelings coming out of the game. Really do. Got a lot of positive um, yeah. things that we've already mentioned. But um, what am I trying to say here? I think – so I think some of the most positive things is, you know, you almost hung a 50-burger – you got down to your third string running back who who's electric. Um, we didn't put balls on the ground as far as drops like that. Hopefully that was a week one, week two thing, and that's gone. You know, Ramel, his touchdown catch was pretty contested. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So good on his part. Um I will say this though, as as good as I feel coming out of that game, and I know it's UTSA, um, I'm not confident. Going into South Carolina, 
certainly not as confident as Vegas is, and I don't know what they're doing there with it being a 10-11 or maybe even up to 13 in some places. Favorite in Tennessee's favor, I don't even know, man. That just blows my mind. I would I'd bet South Carolina all day on that as of right now. Um, you know, it is a night game. All the stops will probably be pulled out, especially from the fan base wanting to personally – avenge that loss from last year. Um, I think it'll be an amazing, like, 2021 Ole Miss top atmosphere, I mm-hmm. think, could be in store, especially if Tennessee does anything early. But, yeah, you know, not in the most confident spot right now. Yeah. So, let me just ask you this. What did, regarding regarding the Vols, what did this UTSA teach you about them? Uh, it taught me that it, it reinforced that, that Joe has to be a willing runner. He just absolutely has to. Great point. And that this offense maybe won't be breaking scoreboards or, you know, the most efficient, but that it has that in its pocket. Even if it's a lot of, let's throw it horizontally, maybe we're saving, again, maybe there's some things that are being saved until Cooper gets back or whatever, but there there is some efficiency in this offense from at least throwing and catching the ball that we've not, quite seen yet to this point of the year. So, you know, yeah. this was probably right up there with Virginia for your most efficient game of the year offensively. I mean, it wasn't there against Austin P. It obviously wasn't consistent in the swamp. So you at least got back to some of that that you saw in week one and and you got to build on it. Okay. Let me throw another one at you. You probably hate me for these surprises. Fill in the blank. Tim Banks is <sighs> Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Tim Banks is. That's why I, mean, I answered the question because I, I don't know either. Yeah. What's the freaking verdict on Tim Banks? We felt really good nothing. out of him with the twenty-one season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know when you when you don't have a full cupboard or a, a half full cupboard, why not be aggressive? And it caused a lot of negative plays, and and it got beat a lot on third down. Just like we, that's that's been a theme. So what he is long term, dude? I've got nothing for you. I don't know, and I hate I hate to be that way, but. To me, to me, as of right now, four games in, a third of the way through year three, if, if it's hard for me not to see that everyone but Rodney Garner is on a bit of a hot seat, especially if third down issues persist, secondary issues are as as consistent as they were in years one and two, and parts of, of weeks one through three. Rodney Garner's group, man, they're they, they've shown serious growth and signs of life. Um. But everybody else, I, I'm, I'm worried for you. You know, maybe the linebackers, I like what we've added there. Maybe Brian John Marie is safe, but Martinez and Banks, dude, I just don't know, man. And and listen, you had Derek Mason interviewing for the job in the broadcast on Saturday. I don't know if you caught it, but he was pouring the praise on Tennessee. No, I uh, he was one of those that I was not going to give any – like, I'm not going to let you come through my TV speaker. I'm not going to do it. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I didn't do it until after Alabama and Ole Miss had ended, but he was he was pouring the love on on Tennessee. And and again, it's just hard for me to think that a lot of those guys are on thin ice or they should be on thin ice. Yeah, I agree. I, I, th- I think if I'm going to answer my own question, uh, I think you have to say Tim Bakes has got to be willing to let it loose. You're, this, this whole sitting back and letting it come to you thing, I just don't know that that's working. We saw a full season of it. Okay, yeah, it got us to ten and two. However, with a guy like Spencer Rattler, don't don't do that. I think you got to go get him. I think you have to. 
I think if you put a lot of pressure on him, you force him to become Baker Mayfield-esque and just impossible to go down, and he's not that. No. He's not that. You can get a hand on him. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you just couldn't get a hand on him. Mm -hmm. So just using this game as an example, go get him. Go get him. And and if you know what, if he throws a 60-bomber on you, he throws a 60-bomber on you. All right? Take the risk. Challenge that offensive line who is susceptible to these things. Here I go. I'm already in preview mode. Uh, okay. but, I'm, but I'm just basically using it as 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 an example. Like, what? just I don't care who it is. Go get him. Just yeah. send five. You, I don't think you need to be sending five at least every play. We yep. just we just don't do this sitting back in zone thing very well. Um, and and if, if zones, if, if we're not going to cover those well, and you know what, Kamal Haddon's not going to turn his head, just – just go, just go get him. Just yeah. go get aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the thing is, this year especially, we're not a good enough tackling team to sit back on anything. You know, we've tackled so much better in other years, and it's obviously bit us in moments in in the first two years of the staff. But we're not a good enough tackling team at all to sit back sure. and and let sure. it come to us. Sure. And and like we we're just all over it. The offense is not good enough to. Okay, you're going to drive the field. Well, we're going to hit you with a bomb right here and tie it up or take the lead back. That's we're not, we're not that team. So that's a great point. Yeah, our offense is not that. Our offense yeah. can't do that. Yeah, this, this show us the aggression. You know, send t- send to Mario McDonald, send Wesley Walker, send a corner. D- you know, do the things that we used to see. Love what I'm seeing from McDonald. By the way, um, I mean he's really he's really flir- he's really starting to be consistent and flourish. I think, and he's among a, a small handful of guys that are doing it in the secondary. Um, so, you know, use him, find ways to, to show me some Theo Jackson out there. Uh, keep that. If you're going to keep it in front of you, you got to bring them down. Agreed. Totally agree. But I, I love your point about the offense. Just this is not the 22 offense. Um, if it, the D the DNA to beat us was exercised by Florida, right? Well, mm-hmm. we already know that you're not going to win the time of possession battle, but we're going to impact that even more. We're going to put a long drive together. So, you know what? Defensively, just let it be a short drive regardless. You either get the, you either get a three and out or something short like that, or you know what? Okay, you get beat. It's already happening. Yeah. It's already 100%. happening. So, yeah. Uh, anything else, my man? Dude, all I'll say is I can't wait to pre, I can't wait to preview this game Saturday. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to have a countdown setting up to pre- preview that game. And I'm not saying it's going to be that positive for Tennessee's favor. I'm just saying I can't wait to talk about it. Man, I'm nervous about this one. Mm-hmm. Nervous about this yep, one. Yep. Uh, well, while you also, as a volunteer, sit in your anxieties and nervousness, go ahead and hit like and subscribe. That will at least put us to a little bit of ease. We do this for free. Go ahead and press the button. We sure do appreciate uh, you hanging out with us wherever you are on this fine day, in your car, in your speakers, in your ears, wherever you've got on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So that said, I'm Dan. He's Mike. We love you guys. God bless. Go balls. GBO.